and welcome to So Rare Grind episode 16. It is Afrikiwi here as always, better known as Joel, joined by Jack Hammond444, better known as Jack. Just a reminder, if you are keen to start playing So Rare and you have not done so yet, then join through someone's referral link. If you don't know someone currently playing, then by all means use ours. It is on our Twitter bio, which is at SoRareGrind. Jack, we, uh, we've had a bit of an expanding global listenership. Um, and we've had some pretty pretty uh, interesting locations um, for, for listeners. Mm. Yeah, you were telling me briefly the other week, right, there was someone from Senegal, wasn't there, Joel? Did you tell me that? Was it Senegal? Yeah. Yeah, from I wonder if it's um, Super Ismani. Is he is he based in Senegal? He's, he's I think he's based in Senegal. What Sadio Mane? Like a, no. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No, uh, Super Osmane. He's like a manager, uh, a Surrey manager. Oh mate, I wouldn't know, but I'm pretty sure that's where Sadio Mane is from anyway. It, it is where Sadio Mane is from as well. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he knows him. Um, but nah, he's like a bit of a, a bit of a, a whale um, in Surrey terms. He's like a he's like Pavel. Yeah, he he um yeah, he likes likes to trade, likes to buy up galleries. He's um I'm pretty sure that he's based in Senegal. I could have it wrong and then we've just really embarrassed ourselves. But anyway, there you go. Um yeah, so Senegal, we've got um oh this this is this is new Jack. We've finally got a listener in South Africa, one in Cape Town, apparently. Oh nice. Nice. Uh, smatterings across Australia and New Zealand. We do have one in the Pacific, uh, that was probably actually just me. When I was in Numea. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's in Numea." Oh, that, oh, that's actually just probably me. Yeah, that's awkward. Um, where I have not been though is Borneo. In uh, well, actually, I don't think they're actually in Borneo. They're near near Borneo, uh, somewhere in Indonesia. Um, anyway, we've got listeners uh, throughout Europe. All sorts of spots in Europe. I'm not going to go through and list them all. Uh, a few. I think we mentioned last time we had a few in China. Got a few more in China. Um, Japan. Quite a few uh, Caribbean islands as well. Jamaica. Hello, if you're listening in Jamaica. Uh, Dominican Republic. Cayman Islands. You know, I was thinking that's probably a good place. You know, we should base ourselves there, Jack. Um, if we get really um, into so rare you know in a huge way because um of all the lax tax side of things which um to say new zealand's not quite so relaxed someone in hawaii and uh man someone freezing their nuts off in uh, anchorage um listening to this that um <laughs> i hope hope uh hope that listening to this uh you know doesn't make you want to just walk outside into the freezing cold temperature and, and never come back um anyway <laughs> let's let's move let's move on for that um jack uh regale us with your um great performance in uh, game week 288 all right well i'll i'll just pull up because i'm totally organized as i always am uh oh, nice yeah so i'm yeah, i could count on you <laughs> well actually 288 is that's pretty much the most recent game week right because we both didn't that's great in, yeah um Two eight nine, and I'll be honest with you, I've been relatively inactive on so rare, just because. Hey, I competed in two eight nine. I, I stuck a casual team in with one player that played. You know what? I think I probably should have competed in, in two eight nine because I had some Sierra players. Um, Vina, he scored really well. He scored a ninety two. Um, yes. I had no. Oh, they might have been actually in two eight eight. Two eight nine. I'm not too sure about. He scored well. I think he got a decisive. He no, scored like I think he did. Hmm. Anyway, he said two back-to-back game weeks, and I saw Messias and Luis Otavio both did pretty well. So, I don't know. And I, I think Ricalte, who plays in the Colombian League, had a, a decent game as well. Regardless, I'm, I'm not too sure if I would have won anything, but I did win something in 288. You're right, Joel. And I'm just trying to remember what division it was in. Uh, it was my specialist, where I got a tier two, actually. In, in the over 32 specialist, yeah. And I got this Eredivisie player, who is worth 30 bucks. And I was like, damn, that's actually not bad. So, um, That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll 100% take that, considering I had two decisive actions in my team. Like, for a specialist team that's getting a 270-point score, 
probably worth a combination yep. of like a hundred dollars. I'm getting a thirty dollar player back. So, I mean, absolutely, I'll take that all day long. Uh, I don't know how. You know, what's the? Sorry, Jack. I was going to say Go I, I don't know how that compares to like the other tier twos and the and the prize pool for the specials over thirty two. But yeah, well, I was just saying, I'll absolutely take that. I, I thought I thought it was pretty mm. solid. Yeah, it seems it's not too bad. Um, particularly considering my tier three rare was worth about the same amount. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that I won out of the specialist over thirty-two rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bro, that's mm. a bit tragic. Eh? It was pretty tragic. I, I thought that I might manage to like hang on to f- finishing a bit higher. Um, I will say that Jack, we did call it in our last podcast that over thirty-two specialist comp was going to be fairly easy um fairly attractive given number of rewards the actual like reasonableness of the rewards for being dnps and uh, the number the lack really of usable cards um and i just have to say you know the data data pays off uh, my team was worth a bit more than a uh, hundred dollars but probably not a, not a hang of a lot more of uh with kim young quang and goal who <laughs> if he had kept if he had, well, not, he didn't even need to keep a clean sheet. If he just conceded one less goal, that would have been a tier two rare. Um, and actually probably might have been even bordering on tier one rare. Um, if he had somehow managed a clean sheet, that would have been tier one rare. But um, that was, it was a pretty, it was actually a pretty exciting game week because, um, you know, despite the fact that we pretty much won squat all apart from a couple of DMP rewards. Um, Ilyachenko had a just you know huge goal off the bench for Seoul to win the game over uh, Daegu, and um, that was what clinched me the reward. Um, and uh, so it was kind of fun watching that game and cheering that last minute goal, thinking that I might actually get a decent reward, but it turned out to be worth about probably about forty bucks. Um, so he's a um, Pohang player. Um, who is like he's 26 probably he's kind of a bit of a bench player probably not really gonna have much game game time next season so I kind of stuck between holding on to him and selling him um, what to do there maybe I just sell him but I don't think there's a huge amount of demand for him at the moment I'll be honest probably one of the probably just gonna end up just hold him until next season really um, oh and I did get the the threshold um at 293.3 points with a common keeper um which was you know really nice to pretty much get there with only with with all my rare players didn't didn't even actually need the common keeper could have stuck a dmp in there but um it also kind of feels painfully like what could have been you know an opportunity to win a, a decent card there um between uh you know if i'd had an actual decent uh, goalkeeper in but it was good a good choice to put Andre Blake common keeper in there because he was better than Kim Young Quang as a rare <laughs> got a pathetic 21 points but uh, you know when you're, when you're living life on the budget end you just just kind of have to <laughs> make do really it's, it's not really a, a cheaper alternative who's at least going to get more than 10 points hopefully um, yeah, you got any other comments oh actually the other thing that annoyed me about the game week was I actually had um, a number of players that I felt like, you know, delivered a decent performance, um, but sort of then came away with nothing. It was particularly that Suwon game when um, you had you know, the goal from Lee Young Woo early on, he had Murillo on two assists, Leo Sayara scored a goal for Yokohama, you know, I was confident of the Tokyo clean sheet at home against Jubilo, which did come in, but Lee Seung Woo getting sent off, man, that that is just so frustrating because he went from like a seventy down to a twenty-five because he um, came off the bench. You know, he came on for that under twenty-two player after like twenty minutes, and um, to kind of lose about like fifty points there was actually the difference between you know winning something and nothing. And then you know if he stays on. I think it's a good chance that he ends up teeing up, you know, Veldwijk for a, a decisive, whether it's an assist or a goal, later on. And, you know, then we're really talking about tier one, maybe even star. So, yeah, 
opportunity missed and a bummer that he's going to miss two games. Brutal. Ouch. How are you? Any other, any other teams or uh, players that you had in 288? I'm actually, I, I was looking over my 288 performances and I'm pretty gutted about the under 23 specialists because I obviously got that 30 dollar mm. reward in the over 32. I um, recently picked up the Kashiwa Racer under 23 stack in Koga and Sasaki, which has been, they've done pretty decent for me because the week, the weekend game week before this one, I got a pretty decent under 23 reward, which was my first under 23 reward. Um, I got this Norwegian dude that plays for Anderlecht. And it was pretty valuable. He's like $35, so I was pretty happy about that. But regardless, anyway, this game week in 288, I had Sasaki, who scored an 87, an under 23 keeper scoring an 87. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Koga got a 65. So the Kashima Racer boys did the job. And then I had, um, I was I was thinking for this specific game because I Garbage. It was garbage. Yeah, I picked up Akubo. Had absolute garbage. Akubo, who was supposed to start, he yep. he was out of the squad. I had we were both read about that. Yeah, and then um, I had Sforza. I think his, his name is pronounced. He plays for in the Argentinian league, and he got like a thirty-six. He started the game, league or thirty-six. But he was my limitation player, so that would have been alright. But then um, also Yamami um, from Gamba Osako didn't start either. So that kind of ruined it because I think if, if Yamami and Akuba both just started and if they had got maybe a miracle decisive, that could be an under-23 tier one or above, which is pretty good for a you know roster evaluation for me. So, but It wouldn't have actually necessarily been an under-23 player, which is the weird thing. Like this, the specialist under-23 and over-32, they both had the same prize pool. I didn't even think about that. Oh, true. Okay. It still probably would have been pretty good because you were, yeah, I mean... Well, 60.6 points away from a tier two. Well, that's just both of them starting. Um, a decisive from one, and that is a tier one limited. Decisive from both, and that's like a star. You know, and that's like that star level was you had players like Verts in there, players like Joao Felix in there. I mean, that would have been pretty pretty sick, but yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. Pretty yeah. frustrating, really. Yeah, that's the only other team I could really think of, like the last game week, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely take the over 32 one. That was pretty pretty decent. Mm. Yeah, no, it's not a bad roar at all. And I think, you know, I hope that they they do, um, you know, decide to stick some DMP players in prize pools because, you know, there are always some DMP players out there that are not actual trash, garbage, you know, about to retire or never going to play again. You know, there's actually a number of players that are good players. Um, injured at any one point in time that I think a number of people would happily take so I hope that they um, yeah, can continue to um, decide to involve some of those players um, Game Week 290 I've had a look you've not got really anything going on neither do I do you, do you want to talk about your um, your really exciting uh, I'm not too sure what you're looking Joel but I've actually got a few teams mate I've got a few oh, teams I oh, mean, maybe sorry data is just not. Yeah, I, I was actually just looking at my sorry data for this game weekend. It's not really displaying all my lineups. Oh, okay. I think I've got four. I mean, I've got my common team, which looks pretty decent. Um, I won't mention it, but I, I think it, it's somewhat decent. Maybe capable of 300 plus points. Um, I picked up all of the four laser keepers. So I originally had Boeki and uh, Wolf, but Fernando Miguel's like, don't forget about me, lads. I I can play as well. So he's been starting all of a sudden. So I'm just like, oh, for, for goodness sake, man, I've got. Two full laser keepers, and now the one I don't have is starting. Like, what's going on there? So I picked him up. So I don't know. Actually, the Florida laser team has been a pretty bad investment for me. I've, I've been following their games since about mm. game week 280, and I bought them because it was a break in the Asia League, and I wanted to keep playing so rare. And I thought, you know what, Florida laser, they're, they're going to be my team of choice. So I picked them up, and they haven't been pretty good to me. They're bottom of the Brazilian Serie A in the domestic league, and they just got knocked out of the Libertadores as well. But anyway, I picked up this Miguel guy. He's got a massive beard, kind of like um, Adam in our team. Joel, he's maybe like the Brazilian <laughs> Adam that yeah, plays yeah. goalkeeper. I'm looking at him. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I've got I've got two teams. I've got a pretty decent all-star limited team filled with America's players. I've got a pretty decent America's team with uh, a few Florida Laser boys in there. One including uh, Thiago Galhardo, who uh, is a f- former Celta Vigo player. He played for them last season and now is joined like Florida Laser and he played for them last week. So, you know, I think a, a La Liga caliber player coming to the Brazilian domestic league, he can, he can probably thrive or do well, you'd, you'd think. So 
Got mm. him in there, and he, he may or may not start, but got him in one, one lineup. And I've taken advantage of underdog because you don't necessarily need to have a... Um, you, you can just have four limiteds. So I don't have a... I've got like an underdog throwaway keeper uh, in my underdog team, and then I have a pretty competitive underdog team with just America's players that have enough of 10 under 50. So I've got those three teams, and then I've got my common so. Not bad. I, I reckon I could definitely pull through with like a cheeky tier two plus out of those. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a lineup where yeah, you're going for either one of your all star limited or your champion America is going to win, and probably not. You know, they're probably not both going to win, given you've got you know four delays a keeper in each. But solid way to, yeah. to play it. I've actually got the wiki as like my captain in one of the <laughs> one of them, <laughs> just because if he starts, it'll be like a bit of a. <laughs> differential play and I feel like Santos are going to be pretty threatening who that's the team that Fortaleza are playing yeah yeah so, I don't know it, it's a bit of a speculative team that one but we'll, we'll rock with it and we'll see how we go and we'll have a couple laughs if we get something it's interesting um Celta Vigo have been offloading some of their players back to well Central and South America because um the Mexican uh, player mm-hmm. Araujo yeah I was thinking of him when you yeah. yeah yeah nice well I, I don't have too much going on this game week. Um, in fact, you know, I submitted my team so early in the week that I can't even actually remember. I feel like you <laughs> actually probably wouldn't have been able to, Joel, because it's pretty much just America's this week. Well, and no, there's... Yeah, well, I've, I've submitted... Oh, here we go. Okay, I've submitted a kind of... Th- th- why did I submit that into specialist? I should have done it into underdog. Um Anyway, I threw, threw a kind of throwaway specialist team in there. I've got a goalkeeper that's not actually playing. I don't know. Yeah, actually, no, I'm not going to talk about that team. That team, team's complete garbage. Um, I have a, I do have an all-star limited team, though, where I've um, whacked in the few Austrian guys I've picked up, or at least some of them, um, with a bit of a Hartberg stack. So I'll Rene Sweaty, as I call him. It's probably like Svete, um, Mr. Sweaty in goal. Hopefully he gets sweaty working a storm, making lots of saves. Um, Okan Aiden and Dario Tadic, all at Hartberg. And then I've gone for uh, Ricaute in midfield because he's not been too bad recently. And uh, I've thrown in uh, Boxall into uh, that lineup as well. So, um, yeah, three, three Hartberg. Boxall, Ricaute, that's my uh, limited all-star lineup. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the the uh, sum total of uh, my hopes for this game week. Sweet. On the subject of um, Europe, you know, Jack, obviously we've got you know a lot of well, this is the first game week of European um, leagues coming back. We've got Austria. Oh no, actually. Last weekend was with um, Russia and a couple others, but we've got more coming back. We've got you know Austria League this weekend, uh, Turkish League upcoming, Scottish League, you know all the others. Um, are there any? But you know, with, with all of those European seasons starting, are there any particular leagues of interest for you? Like, if you've got a, like a plan of attack, are you going to get involved with like Challenger? Uh, not immediately. I think I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and just see it out because. I don't have a lot of experience with Challenger, right? I, I know Asia pretty well. I know the KNJ League. And I think it's just not really worth me dedicating a lot of my attention and time towards something that I don't know and I can't commit a lot of resources to. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily worth it just for my circumstance. And I'll, I'll probably see after the first 5, 10 game weeks, I'll follow the league a bit and maybe watch some of the highlights and, and we'll see how we go from there. Maybe I'll get some input from you and some input from Twitter and see what everybody's saying once the you know actual leagues have commenced. I think I'll probably look at the Austrian league just because I remember following it towards the end of um, season last season. And I quite enjoyed it. And I think a lot of the players in that league are pretty decent value compared to the other challenger leagues. So I'm looking mm. at that one. So I'm pretty curious to see how this game week goes because this is the first week for the Austrian league. But yeah. I remember you also saying, Joel, that the Austrian league is only going to be going for three months and then they have a really long extended break. Or something along those lines, anyway. That's correct. Yeah, they 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 are um, virtually like the J League and K League. 
in terms of um, you know they play up to the World Cup, which is what November, and then they basically don't play again until Feb. Isn't that quite similar with like all the other leagues though? They have to have some sort of break with the World Cup, right? Mm. Nah, well, a lot, like a lot of them coming back in like late December even. Um, the Turkish league basically goes straight back into it in December. Uh, the Scottish league, I think, it is also back into it in December. Um, I, yeah, I think a lot of them only basically just take a sort of like couple of week break after the World Cup, or maybe maybe not in two weeks. Mm. Austria is just basically taking like quite a big winter hiatus, and I it, I think there's a chance that that's actually part of the usual schedule, to be honest saying this is a complete novice without having like done a really good look at the schedule from last year but I don't know that that's just because of the World Cup um, so that's probably why um, it will be cheaper but the thing that's interesting to me is people are like paying these high prices for Austrian cards in comparison to Asia and you're getting like exactly the same utility out of it in, in fact you'd argue all these Asia cards are better because they've got from now until November as well, like especially the K League, now until November as well, and then back in Feb, pretty much when the Austrian League's back, and then the Austrian League only goes till you know what is it, um, May or whatever it is, May June, whereas you know that's the whole next season for the K League, so it kind of uh, just just feels like the amount that some of these. Um, K-League cards are going for in comparison to Austria is actually not the greatest value but you know the it's it's, another, it's a different division to be able to compete in another, another team to be able to put in so you know it's not necessarily one or other and typically the challenger rewards are better you know more valuable than the Asia rewards are so mm, interesting man with that with that information Joel what I'm thinking right now while you're saying that is I have a lot of K-League players, right? And I'm thinking of one in particular in Kim Yong-Gwon. I don't know why. But I noticed today in my gallery when I was looking on Surrey, he currently has an XP boost of 9.5. Bro, think of like March or April next year. The dude's going to have like a 17% mm-hmm. experience boost. I'm not even joking. He, I'm not selling that yeah. dude. And he, his boost is going to be nuts because he's just going to play so many games. He's probably going to go to the World Cup. All this good stuff, man. He his boost is going to be absolutely crazy. And if I chuck him an all star, bro, yeah, people aren't going to be able to compete. Like, dude, he could score a seventy, but in actuality, he's going to be scoring like an eighty five. I mean, it's just going to be such a big unfair advantage. I think I'm going to definitely continue to play that and not sell players unless I absolutely have to, right? Like, yeah, just I think picking up those new cards totally. and deals on them. I think for me, the the aim is to really just um, there's some players that I do want to shift on. But they're a number that I'm just going to continue to hold, and just they'll go through the roller coaster and price that they'll go through. Um, like Higashiguchi in goal for Gamba Osaka, you know the guy's going to play another season. Yeah, he's what 36, but you know you've got players that are like 38, um, 39 playing in in Asia still, and the guy's still a very solid keeper. And um, such so. good value as well, bro. Like if you compare it to the other alternative leagues, like if he's going to be playing every single yeah. game, I mean, dude, he's, and I mean, Gamera Saka, to be fair, hadn't been performing that well recently, but I mean, no. re- regardless, like, dude, he's honestly like a steak and chips at the local restaurant, man. He, he's not a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he is pretty fucking cheap. Um, 250 bips. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of really cheap Asia keepers at the moment, actually. Um, and to be honest, we could do like a like a whole spicy deal segment on <laughs> just a ton of Asia players. But if you're someone that's um, kind of starting so rare now, the timing is really good at seriously looking at picking up some players, especially Korea, because when all the European leagues come back, the prizes in general are better over like f- across the board, like for all staff. Well, they were for underdog and specialists last year. I don't know whether they'll still you know, bring back the same level of rewards, hopefully they do, but it's just, there's just so much value there. I mean, players are already so discounted, they can't actually fall much more in price. I mean, Morishiga's going for 52 vips now. <laughs> no, he's not. Is he genuinely? Yeah, someone, someone's selling him for 52 vips, yeah. I mean... Oh, my, got... my boy, they, they've done him dirty. Is he... They've done him dirty. I'm looking through my list of players and like, man, there's some... 
anyone that's anyone that's um you know not just starting a season is ludicrously cheap like Kangman Su we talked about the the defender for Incheon um his rear card's going for 57 bips <laughs> I mean he's like he's what maybe fourth in the pecking order um but they've had so many injuries at the back and they play three at the back you know he's he's going to play he's going to come back and play again this season I mean they've still got like 15 16 games left to go um there's it, just there, there's so much value there um Anyway, if you if you're listening, have a look at my my gallery, and perhaps not so much at the bottom. I mean, I've got some like real bargain basement crap in there, but at some of the quality end, like, there's just so many players in there that are worth buying and ludicrously ludicrously cheap across um, rare and limited. Um, anyway, if you talk about that. We'd, we'd probably just end up talking about the whole league, to be honest, because it's just been such a discount all over the place. Um, uh, right, so rare world league. Um, talked about it briefly last week. Um, full credit to so rare Dazza, who gave us actually a bit of grief. Jack, you might not have realised he um, he was uh, winding us up on that um, ultimate underdog loss to. Um, to the uh, Scottish boys. Oh, um, too soon. Yeah, too soon. Bro. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was chatting crap in the middle of it. Um, you know, declaring his love and affection for the the Scottish lads. It's probably because he's he's a Brit. Um. But uh, anyway, he, he and uh, guy whose name's Bob Flynn twenty, but goes by Orange Fly on Twitter at least. But I think his so red name is Bob Flynn. Um, we actually gave him a shout out quite a few episodes ago. He, he left, he sent us quite a nice message, a genuinely nice message, not like a, you know, not not being sarcastic. Um, they've organised this world league, which they clearly didn't expect it to kind of just go so gangbusters in popularity as it did. Like they, Daz made a post about it. Um, when was it? It must have been like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm start looking to start a world league, blah blah blah." You know, who's interested? And he got so, so much interest that they've had. We got twelve divisions um, of ten players, which is the the max salary data allows. It's uh, two promotions and two relegations from each division. Uh, I'm in division five, flying the flag for New Zealand. We, I am literally the only. New Zealand competitor, New Zealand-based competitor um, in this World League. There uh, is in uh, Division 5, I think, two Aussies, Jack. Oh, got okay. to gotta crush them, or at least there might, might be three, actually. Um, but anyway, I have uh, gone through and um, pulled uh, all of uh, the info on the uh, opposition do a bit of you know a bit of a um what's the word you know when you when you um do a bit of a check on your on your your opposition your um stalking. Good yeah, okay we can call it that do you... <laughs> diligent stalking there you go <laughs> some diligent stalking <laughs> <laughs> of uh, of of the opposition um just gotta say, I'm, I'm, uh, there's some mismatch going on in there. Um, the the league's gonna run from game week two nine four once sort of you've pretty much got every, all the leagues back really until game week three ten. So nine rounds, and then it's based on who is top two and bottom two of those ten after those nine rounds. So it's gonna be plenty of movement. Uh, but anyway, um, so I've gone through uh, yeah all of all of the competition, and I've um, put together some predictions. But anyway, I'll give you, we'll, we'll go through give a rundown of uh, of the guys. So Jack, the first uh, whale, I mean competitor in um, this league <laughs> is is um, Doge Sports. Okay. 
Doge Sports. Um, Doge Sports. Like, truly a whale. <laughs> uh, a portfolio worth about 200 ETH. Jeez. Which is only like, only a good like 90 times more than mine. Um, check out that win ratio. That's truly sick. Like 36% of his lineups are award winning lineups. That is, that's got to be like at the top end um, of all of so rare, quite possibly. I, I can't actually recall seeing someone with a higher win ratio than that. Like um, YNWA, who's a bit of a whale, he's got 32%. Um, Matsuyama, who's very good, uh, I think is only like, oh, he's only about 21 and a half. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what do you think our odds of um, beating Doge Sports are, Jack? Slim. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty slim to none. Oh, man. Yeah. His, his roster is just like unheard of, man. Yeah, it's pretty stacked. I, I just hope that, you know, there's just so many options available to him to submit a team of 11 that he just gets confused <laughs> and just ends up whacking in a team of like, uh, let's see, who's who's a rubbish he's got to have a rubbish goalkeeper in there um oh he could stick um Quivine Kelleher from Liverpool in there yeah he's the backup keeper he's probably not going to play at all <laughs> stick him in every game he'll probably still win anyway with um he's got I mean the guy knows what he's doing He's he's got a pretty diverse portfolio he, you know obviously he has some exposure all over the place he's got Tani Gucci and Tagliafico Although actually, what's the story? He's not even has, he, has he been playing Tagliafico? Anyway, he's got like seven Tagliaficos. Um, you know, yeah, the guy's just got mad, mad stacks. Um, so anyway, I'm not expecting a result from when we have our head-to-head. But uh, anyway, I, I did notice though, I don't know whether the guy just decided to go big on Soria recently, but if you look at the um <clears throat> that's under manager stats it shows the manager stats. Yeah, shows like the um average um roster value history. And just take a look at like mid May, late May. Goes from like an average value of like 28 ETH to like 120 ETH in the space of like two weeks. Mm. Like, did did he just have like a whole chunk of change just like sitting there on the portfolio and just was like, okay, you know, YOLO, I'm just going to spend on some like really good cards. Because if you look like the number of cards owned, didn't actually move that much. It was just like, it's going to buy some absolute OP cards. I don't know. That was interesting. Yeah, quite a sharp good. movement maybe he's like um, <clears throat> similar to YNWA it's like um, a bit of a consortium or something a bit of a bit of a DAO going on there or something anyway um, he is the biggest whale and I think pretty easy to say is the favourite for winning the division he should be absolutely embarrassed I'm making, actually I'm making assumptions it's a guy it could be a girl but <laughs> they should be absolutely embarrassed if they do not win this division, um, given that pedigree, the portfolio size, biggest portfolio, largest number of cards, best winning ratio um, in SO5 in the division, like all signs point to Dode Sports topping the topping the group. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to probably my second pick, and then after that it kind of just is in a, it's not actually in order, but... I think second uh, favorite has to be GBO twenty one dash ETH only. <laughs> um, if you want to look up GBO twenty one, it's a nice Reading FC badge that doesn't look like Reading's badge. Um, roster value of about one hundred and sixty, one hundred sixty one ETH uh, has. 472 cards at last count. Uh, pretty balanced portfolio. Has the, I think, second best win ratio in the group at 
0.7%. That's second best, and he's like 13% worse than Doge Sports, just to just to put it in perspective. Um, he's been playing Surrey quite a while. Probably, I think it was has been playing. It's one of the longest in the group, but yeah, solid portfolio. Uh, it was pretty diverse across Europe, America's Asia. Good win ratio, lots of cards. Um, probably the the other expected to be promoted. To be honest, um, got any thoughts? Good luck, mate. Good luck <laughs> on that whale. Yeah, some some pretty good cards in there. Um, so then we get to perhaps the more competitive end. Uh, I'm just going to go through the the remainder in order of um, ETH value. Uh, so we next have Stonk Master, who uh, loves an Mbappe. He's got an Mbappe as his um as his little profile pick. Um, but doesn't actually own an Mbappe. Owns a Lewandowski instead. What a fraud. Yeah, I was going to say fraud. Fraud, mate. Um, so, yeah, his, his uh, portfolio is worth close to 37 ETH. It doesn't uh, have anywhere near as many cards as the other guys, only 113. And his, and his winning ratio is not that good. 9.87%, Jack. Um, I fancied I have a chance against this guy because you know there's no difference... Uh, in this division between rare and super rare and limited, um, and uh, you know we've I've got the quantity. I've actually got the third most. I've got the lowest value portfolio in our group, but I have the third most cards. It says a lot about <laughs> a lot about my strategy. Yeah, it's like uh, diversification, maybe maybe too much. Um, anyway, so yeah, he's this guy's mostly Americas, bit of Europe, not much Asia. Um, I yeah, I'm not not too daunted by Stonkmaster. He's probably going to be like um, talking a bit of crap about me now for for just for talking crap about him on the, <laughs> on the podcast. But uh, don't worry, Stonkmaster, you're not the last person that I'm going to um, talk crap about on uh, on the review. Um, next we have uh, Breezy who, um, similar sort of portfolio size, 33 ETH. Um, but again, like Stonkmaster, a bit of America's focus, a um, bit of Europe, and then a little bit of Asia. Uh, this guy's actually got a reasonable win ratio, not as good as the top two, but close to 15%. Uh, he's got 125 cards. Um so been playing so rare for about a potentially a similar amount of time to to when I actually first well he signed up about the same time I first signed up but obviously been playing so rare quite a bit longer he's had quite a lot more um, entries into SO5 um, <clears throat> has quite a lot of quality in there um, although I note he. Doesn't seem to have too much in the way of like starting keepers. Similar sort of variety. Actually, some same keepers as me. Um, in there with Quinsante and Higashiguchi. But um, yeah, you got any any thoughts about his his gallery, Jack? Mate, it's just ridiculous. Like all all of these guys, man. The, uh, yeah. It's just an incomprehensible amount of money to somebody like me, man. I'm just thinking, like, bro, they're the most expensive player. Is probably well. I, this this dude anyway is. Yeah, they have guys worth more than your whole portfolio. Yeah, but by, by a multiple Ledesma. like yeah, three, four, five times. Like it's it's absurd, man. But I don't know. I, yeah. So just just to clarify, Joel, it's a, this league, right? You're submitting eleven players. Uh, yep. Into server data because I've never seen this like feature before, and yeah. So yeah, it's eleven players. You get um. Well, four subs. You get a subkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward, um, and you can pick the formation. Mm. And I, I just think I I know how I'm going to take advantage of that that sub rule, um, especially um, with with Korea. Um, I'm not not going to say any more than that. Basically, <laughs> um, 
because I think some of these guys are going to listen to the podcast. Uh, they're going to be outraged at uh, at my trash talking. And uh, but yeah, I can't I can't give extra ammunition when you know we're already the the like pretty clear underdogs. Anyway, enough on Breezy. Uh, looks like a solid competitor. We'll come back to him. Um, who did we have next? Oh, next is uh, Linksy Nine, L I N X Y Nine. Uh, pretty similar to the last guy we looked at, actually. Um, he's got a roster value of uh, about thirty-one ETH, thirty and a half ETH. Um, only ninety-one cards, so he's not not like not a huge portfolio. Uh, has absolutely zero exposure to Asia apart from like one goalkeeper I think um, and yeah has no limited cards so he's in some he's in some ways in a bit of a disadvantage I think um, because he's only got maybe without knowing too much keepers I mean, Xander Clark who's currently at St Johnston's I think like, hoping for a move but I think he's got maybe like six keepers that are actually starting Maybe seven. I mean, to be honest, I haven't followed too closely some of the um, European guys and what's going on. But um, you know, I, I I kind of fancy my chances because I because of the fact that you know limiteds are essentially on the same you know level as as rare and super rare in this. But he's got a good win ratio, about sixteen percent, which is I think third best. Uh, oh no, it's not fourth best in our league. Um, yeah. You got any thoughts, Jack? Same old, same old. You can take him, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's possible. I can't remember where I had him. Oh, actually, you know what? Just looking looking over, I'm actually going to demote him <laughs> in, my, uh, in my expected rankings, to be honest. Uh, uh, anyway, you can go in somewhere in there. We'll get to that. Um, all right, next was... I'm not actually quite sure how to how it's pronounced but to me it's like bun ache bunach bunachi b-u-n-a-c-h-e bunach bunache it's got to be bunach it's got to be bunach well i (laughs) think no actually i can't remember we we did talk in in the um in our twitter um group about you know where people are from forget where this guy was from um but uh he yeah he's got a decent number of cards i think he's third most oh no fourth most after me a uh, number of cards he's got quite a number of limiteds uh, he's got a decent yeah it looks like quite a decent range of like keepers to pick from a few few common um keepers uh like common in terms of common to others in the group and myself um in there but not the flashiest win rate similar to um stonkmaster and 9.57 percent um which again you know it's doesn't it's not going to perfectly correlate to like a team of 11 where you've got subs and it's quite different um and ability to use players like you know any player whatsoever any rarity in any league but it's kind of the best you have to be able to go off um, without really knowing anything else about these people. Um, do like his some of his style though. He's got like a Valvike in there. He's got a Magosa in there. I'm not sure I'd be using. Yeah. Oh, he's got a Jonathan Ring in there. <laughs> oh, he's got a Damiao. Oh yeah, like his Fords. Yeah, he's he's got a bit of range here. Um, Mm. Yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be competitive. Um yeah, he had he's got quite a European focus overall. Like like I think pretty much everyone actually everyone in that group either has a Europe or America's focus. I'm the only one with an Asia focus and a and it's a heavy a heavy Asia focus. I think something like seventy five, eighty percent of my portfolio is Asia. I don't think anyone else has such a heavy like slant to one region <laughs> as I do but uh, you never know could end up playing to my advantage um, next we have Brett 0210 who has got to be 
one of my um, main rivals in the group because he's Australian. I think his Twitter pick was of Tim Cahill. It was of some Aussie footballer. Maybe Brett, Brett Emerton or I don't know. There's, these are players that you probably don't even know, Jack. Before my time, bro, probably. <laughs> oh, you spring chicken. Um. Anyway, yeah, Brett 0210 and I think is that AU is part of his... No, it's just Brett 0210. Um, he has been actually playing quite a, quite a long time. He's got some like really old cards. He's got like a Guillaume Hubert goalkeeper card from like 1819 season. That's like one of the first cards um, ever on Serie. He's got, got a couple of... He's even got a um, Benjamin Segrest signed goalkeeper card. It's like the... Yeah, you know, the one that the the play, like, was specially given to the player. Sounds like he's a by Syria. OG. Yeah, but I don't know that he plays a lot of SO five because he's like he's got a pretty bad win ratio, four point eight four percent. I think it's the second worst, and um, he so he's only had eighteen winning lineups. So you know, it means he can't really have actually played. A huge like for a huge amount of time, or he's, or he's just kind of like gone through patches of like playing and not playing, mm. maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's also not got a particularly large gallery. He's only got eighty six cards. Um, so I'm sorry, Brett, if you're listening, but someone has to be in my bottom two pick. <laughs> but you you are one of the bottom two <laughs> that I've picked to uh, to go down. Um, go and prove me wrong. But yeah, had to pick someone. And of course, I'm not going to pick myself. What am I mad? Got to got to back myself. He um he has been. Uh, looks like he's has been picking up a bunch of limiteds recently though. <laughs> um, so I don't wonder whether he's just like, you know, ex- expanding the uh, the portfolio to um to compete. Maybe he's picked up like actually quite a few cards in the last couple of days. <laughs> just looking here. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe one to to watch out for could end up being being a surprise package. Might come to the game week and he's actually got like two hundred cards in his portfolio, um, which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, next we have um, this guy's from I believe it's Guatemala, Shapo. Spelled X A P O. Uh, now we're really into the small end um, of the, you know. Portfolio value at six ETH. He's still more than double my portfolio um, value, and uh, yeah, he's got not a huge amount of cards. About seventy-two cards at the moment. He's absolutely zero interest in Asia. Got no exposure to it. Uh, seem to be a bit the Americas and well, yeah, largely I think largely Europe. Um, doesn't have a huge amount of cards, but he's got some good ones. He's got. Um, like Chesney in there, he's got Testagen, he's got uh, De Kaiser, a favourite sort of under 23 keeper, uh, Jasper Sillison, I think he's back up. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm liking my chance against him because he doesn't have a ton of cards, but he's got quite a good win ratio, to be fair to him. Um, he hasn't, he's probably been playing a similar length of time to us, Jack. Um, he signed up in January, a couple of days after my birthday, um, and uh, yeah, twenty-two percent win ratio is actually the third best in the group. But um, you know, is that somewhat tempered maybe by the fact that uh, he hasn't actually played so many um, game weeks? Maybe I don't know, but he, he he could be a bit of a surprise package, sort of punching above his weight. Um, he does have some some quality in there. Any thoughts? Not really, but I feel like yeah, if you're gonna probably be anyone, it's probably gonna be. <laughs> he's probably one one of the few. <laughs> I mean, he does have like Carlos uh, Carlos Hill. Um, he's got Valverde, got Frank de Jong, Milinkovic Savic. He's, he's got some some real quality in there, but. Yeah, you never know. Uh, old Beauregard, Benjamin Beauregard, 
Bourgeois, however it's pronounced, um, from Rennes. It was sublime last season. Anyway, um, then we have uh, my other pick for relegation. Sorry, Roland, but um, if we look at the, uh, the group, uh, he's got the lowest number of cards at 60, so he's got the, the least variety to pick from. Uh, he's got the lowest win ratio um, of the of the division at about 4.32%. Um, he's got a lot of European cards, and I, was, I might as well talk about it now because I, I don't have very many, but I do wonder whether a European reliance could end up being a um, actually a weak point for some because of the potential for early season rotation as teams are figuring out you know who their best team is. You know, we saw it obviously you know a bit in the K League, and now that we're sort of a bit more into the season, there's a bit more of a clue of who's going to be starting. But I just wonder, you know, whether some players might um, just you know end up starting the season sort of in mixed form, or you just don't have the same sort of clue as to who's necessarily going to um, be doing well because you, you don't have you know. Whereas like in Americas and Asia, because we're part way into the season. You know, we've got a lot of data now on what's going on and who's playing well, um, which teams sort of are weak and, and um, you know, you can target. So that's kind of my hope. Um, our, our my, my little small edge <laughs> against uh, a number of big guns. So looking at my um, own portfolio, yeah, I've got um, the third most cards, uh, a lot of limited cards. And uh, clearly the lowest average card value <laughs> by quite a distance. Um, but I'd say that's probably just due to uh, Asia um, focus. So uh, that is our division. Um, some Probably some sort of lopsided games coming up um, where your, like, your second biggest has a portfolio like five times the value of the third. <laughs> Um, so GBO and Doge Sports if you don't get yourselves promoted uh, out of this this uh, Div 5 first season then uh, you know you need to take a, a good look at yourselves um, whereas uh, some of our small fries uh, yeah we're going to be we're going to be up against it but um, I've uh, put together a pretty um messy uh, mix of who I think is going to be finishing where so I've whacked in I reckon Breezy ends up uh, third so I reckon Doge Sports takes it GBO second Breezy third Sharpo fourth Linksy fifth myself a hopeful sixth Stonkmaster seventh Bunnake eighth and then Brett and Roland ninth and tenth respectively and uh, interestingly, um, in round one, uh, we've got Doge Sports against GBO in the first round, the top two, the the, the big guns, battling out in round one. Uh, and we've also got my two favourites for relegation battling it out in round one as well. So um, that'll be some interesting clashes in game week 294. Jack, do you think that I have a chance of finishing sixth or am I being too like optimistic I think you'd be outperforming yourself if you got sixth but knowing you and how much time you're going to be prepared to get to this you could probably I think you probably finish sixth to be honest I mean I think you might be overestimating the amount of time I'm prepared to commit to this to be quite honest <laughs> to be fair you've researched all your opponents and prepared to put a 20 minute discussion about them I, re- I think you're pretty prepared Joel compared to everybody else I feel as though not everyone else has been as thorough as you have you you know your competitors inside and out mate I, I don't know about inside out <laughs> I'm not going to go through and study you know all the players they own and what sort of fixtures they have and you know, I'm not going to go that level regardless but... you've done a fair share of diligent stalking bro so I think, oh, I think you've you got know. a decent chance so the commitment to content Jack <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> um, 
I only had one other thing that I thought would be interesting to just talk about briefly. Um, was there anything in particular so related that you just like had, you know, just weighing on you like this heavy burden, Jack, to mm, talk about? Not in particular. Not you, You've put me on the spot here, and I don't think there is I one. I have. Well, you can think about it while we... Uh, well, this isn't really data time, but it is in a way. And... During the week, um, you know, we tweeted about uh, this bot, uh, or no, this guy who was um, swindling the bots, um, which people really liked. It was probably the most engaged tweet that we've put out thus far in the whopping, what, two months, three months that we've been doing this. Um, where it's quite interesting because technically this guy is breaking the T's and C's, um, and like clearly according to what's written in the T's and C's, like this talks about not being able to um, like manipulate the market for um, pretty much any sort of reason. And so, well, this guy, he's, uh, I don't know um, where he's based, but he's almost certainly multi-accounting, which is why I didn't don't actually like him as much as I originally did, but uh, Maz Dodd Dodd um, with a, tick mark a couple of tick marks in his name um trading with another account of his um inflating the average price of a player like that and pretty much no one wants and then listing it for about half that price and then a bot coming in auto buying it um <laughs> pretty flipping hilarious and i just cracked up laughing when i spotted it because it was on good old kiwi goalkeeper michael wood <laughs> that I saw this this dodgy action going on um I was kind of interested in who had been who had been buying them recently and then saw these crazy transactions um Jack what's what are your thoughts on the like the practice in general like are you like what this guy was doing are you are you for it or are you opposed to it I mean if it's against the rules like I mean me being a goody two shoes I mean I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not all for it. You might be catching me doing it, but I do. I don't know. Respect the. You know. I, I, I'm trying to put it into words here, Joel. Money to help me out, but just I, I do somewhat respect it as well. You know, like the cheek of it. The cheek of it, yeah. And especially considering the, the player he's doing it with is pretty hilarious, because I mean, m- my relationship with Michael Woods a bit interesting because he kind of cost us. Um, in my opinion, at the Tokyo <laughs> Tokyo uh, Olympics. Olympics. So we have a bit of an interesting relationship. So I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it for this one occasion. For, for background reference um, to those listening, Jack made a bet with another, another guy in our um, football team that New Zealand would, was it, finish third? Would win, win a medal? Would win a medal. Would win a medal at the Olympics. Uh, made like a bet, one for one bet, which was just terrible odds. And um, I don't know about yeah, terrible odds to be honest. It. it was it was decent odds, decent odds. No, that was well. You could have got better odds out of him. Yeah, he admitted after the fact that he would have, you know, he would have paid out a hundred for your fifty. You know, if 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 New Zealand had uh, had made it, it's all yeah. Michael Woods' fault anyway. Pretty much, that's what we're trying to say here. So it's I'll allow it. I'll allow his price to be manipulated. The um, in in my view, it's kind of almost like a, a Robin Hood thing. Like I. While I think that it's kind of like sneaky, um, I do appreciate the genius of it and the fact that he's essentially swindling someone that's just set up something to basically profit from people's mistakes. Because there's been people that have accidentally listed up. Now I've done it before. I've listed up a card for like you know ten percent of like you get the decimal place wrong when you're listing an ETH. You know, and, um, all of a sudden, you know if it's been and this must have been before bots were particularly commonplace i don't know but it wasn't that long ago you know i listed up a guy for like a tenth of the price and realized straight away and and took it down but there was a guy i don't know if you heard jack um that uh not too long ago um listed up like unique card and i think he listed it like a really quite low price and that that bot that this guy swindled jack bot um was like picked up this card and just like was just like not nah, too bad. I'm not gonna not gonna give it back to you. And people were like, "What a dick!" 
<laughs> that's such a stupid thing to do. I mean, you know, it's within his right, but it's just kind of pretty, pretty mean. Um, and so just kind of that Robin Hood element of it, I appreciate. But I did look into this guy's, um, you know, transactions a bit deeper, just out of curiosity. And he and he's got like all these other related accounts. So he's clearly um, been um, multi-counting, opening number of accounts, trans transferring some funds, selling a player, you know, buying players off auction, transferring all the players off, and then like kind of doing nothing with that that account. Um, and you know, it doesn't really take a um, investigative genius to just look through his transaction history and see some real common <laughs> accounts that he's trading with. I noticed he had a real interest in Rafael Marquez for some reason. <laughs> his his uh, that, that legend card he had like across his different accounts something like forty or fifty of his cards. Um, but but bizarre. But um, yeah, I yeah, I, I'm I'll allow. I'm like okay with the with with what he was doing in this inst- instance. The um following question that I you know that we put on Twitter in relation to this was um getting people's opinions on on should bots be allowed because obviously you know if that bot doesn't exist then he's he can't do that practice you know it's it's not going to fool you know a person that's actually just properly checking the market um and because initially like when I posted that that photo of that guy just like swindling this bot account like the initial feedback was actually kind of like just pretty negative on on what the guy is doing and so i was like oh, okay maybe actually people you know really don't mind bots but then you know the feedback was was mixed so threw up a poll overwhelmingly people don't like bots um like 85 percent voted no and only like 7.7 percent voted yes that they think they should be allowed to have any involvement with the so rare marketplace. What are your thoughts on that, Jack? Mm, pretty interesting. I mean, it's not something I really paid much attention to. I didn't think it was going to be that high. Um, I don't have like a major problem with it, but I think it probably would be better if there were no bots, to be honest, like just thinking about it now. Uh, yeah, I don't really have that much the, other thoughts to give on it really, but... Yeah. The the um maybe i'm maybe I'm a bit of a bit of a skeptic um bit of a, a tinfoil hatter here but i think that it's in Surrey's interest for bots to exist for a couple of reasons so i, I noticed when i was bidding on a like a rare goalkeeper auction recently that i was bidding against a bot like i'd, I'd bid and they like instantly would be basically overbid to a, to a certain level it's almost like um if you're bidding against like an auto bid on on an auction um on like ebay or trade me as we have in new zealand um you know it's essentially an auto bid and you know it's clear that they have got to bid to a certain you know percentage value of whatever the most sort of recent sale was um it kind of felt a bit disappointing that it's like you're just never you're never gonna um, have an opportunity to like get like a real like steal of a discount on a new auction. You know, it's like that that chance of you know everyone else missing it and just like managing to fluke. You know, getting a good player for a cheap a cheap deal. I just can't see it like ever happening again. Maybe paying like only 70 percent of what the last sale was, but not like a you know fifty percent or less kind of bargain um, based on what this this bot bid me to. And so if bots exist, it actually should make things more profitable for so rare mm. because it means that those auctions don't slip through at a cheap price. Yeah, I didn't really think of it from that perspective as well. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's definitely more advantageous from that point of view for, for so rare. And um, yeah, so I don't personally like it that much. I think that they shouldn't, be allowed to have involvement um it kind of to me that plus the data side of things where um people are doing like more and more like data analysis and like really digging into it i mean obviously we do a 
a little bit ourselves, but I'm no data analyst, you know, at all compared to some of, um, you know, some of these guys that really, you know, know what they're, they're doing. Um, it feels to me like more and more, like you really have to have like a tech, a tech assist, like some sort of, um, you know, digital based assist in order to like really excel at Surreal. And I, and my concern is that we just like head more and more down that path as it gets like more competitive, you know, more people, there's more people competing, there's more money on the line. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my like, probably one of my only sort of glass half empty um, views that I've had recently or like thoughts. Thank goodness the J League and K League are back next weekend. We have a bit, uh, a bit more going on. By the way, in the way of lineups, um, feels like a very slow time in game week at the moment. Uh, fingers crossed, maybe Ethereum will crash. Can um, throw some more ETH onto the or Fiat onto the onto the site. Pick up some bargains. You got any bargains in mind, Jack? That you'd pick up instantly. If uh, it was to crumble, I think those Asian goalkeepers are pretty interesting. Eh? I think I've got my eyes set on them quite a bit, and maybe get a uh, playing rear Asia goalkeeper. That's something I'm pretty keen on getting. So something along those yeah. lines. Yep, I agree. Okay, well, that's us for episode 16. Reminder: check us out on Twitter if you haven't. Uh, started your sorry journey yet feel free to join via our link and uh, if we've insulted your sorry ability in this episode well I'm sorry I had to differentiate between the people forgive us so that's us for this episode later